What's up, guys? Welcome to the Respect the Hustle podcast. So this week, you are going to be able to tune in to the five-day content challenge. So we're all stuck at home anyway, so I figure why not make the best of it, right? So content marketing, I know sounds complicated. But it's really just all about taking your passions and turning it into digestible nuggets that anyone could understand, even if they know nothing about your industry. So in the challenge, we are focusing on five elements that will help you master content marketing for your business. So day one is identifying your target audience. Day two, content planning, why and how. Day three, building successful content calendars. Day four, spring cleaning your email marketing strategy. And last but not least, day five, building flawless email marketing campaigns. So tune in this week for that content challenge. You can also actually be in the challenge live to be able to do live Q&A. If you follow the link that is in the description of this podcast episode. All right, guys, tune in and let me know what you think. See ya. If you are needing to hear the replay, you can catch that on the Respect the Hustle podcast, but I'll also make sure I send you guys the link as well. So we are on day five, which is crazy. I feel like it's been, um, it's been like one of those weeks where it feels long and short at the same time, at least for me. I have like so many projects going on and everything, but I feel like these five days kind of went quickly (laughs) so today we're talking about how to build a flawless email campaign so we're going to start with the subject line and go into the content and then we talked about um, segmenting your audiences yesterday so keep that in mind as you're trying to think through the type of content that you would create for email so um, I'll breeze over you know what is email marketing because we did that yesterday and we'll just dive right into getting started Um, And then, of course, planning out those email campaigns. So, of course, we know email marketing entails sending a mass message to a large group of people um, using an email marketing platform. We talked about GDPR yesterday as well, so I'll just breeze through this. But essentially, this just makes makes sure that people are not being shady. So if you are, if you have someone's personal data, just be respectful of that. And make sure that you're only emailing them on topics um, that you said you would and not try to throw in any new things into the mix without their permission. If you have customers in Europe, then you definitely need to make sure you're following these regulations. Um, But for everyone else, I believe that we should still follow them because I think only time will tell before this becomes a regulation for us as well. So just keep that in mind. Why email marketing? Again, we touched on this yesterday, but email marketing has the highest return on investment than any other marketing platform because you truly get to directly get your message to someone and you can see how they react to it. So if they open it, if they click on it, how many times they open it, Um, which items they clicked on, all of that stuff you can see in an email campaign. Whereas if you send someone direct mail, like a postcard, you don't know what they did after that. You don't know if they read it, if they put it in the trash, if they watch your commercial, you don't necessarily know what actions they took after that. So email is just that direct line of communication. Some email facts that we... Um, talked about yesterday, um, 70% of people say they always open their email and 91% of people say they check their email at least once a day. So I feel like we're, we're pretty much sold on why we should do email. Now we need to talk about how and getting started. So the first thing you need to decide is what is your goal with email? What do you want to do with it? Then we're going to talk about picking the right platforms, choosing your from address. So if you get an email from me, it probably says from Tanisha, and then it has like the TJE communications email. So talk about why that's important. And then we'll talk about building your email list. So as of right now, um, does anyone currently have goals with email marketing or have a game plan on how they want to attack it? 
So I mentioned yesterday, like my goal is brand awareness for the most part. I don't have um, a lot of products. I'm a service-based business for the most part. Um, so generating sales um, and revenue right now is not a priority for me personally. Um, my goal is to just continue to build up brand awareness. Does anyone have a goal they want to share? And I can go through some common goals if you're unsure of what your goal should look like. So brand awareness, like I mentioned for myself, is a goal for me. Um, increasing revenue um, is, is a goal for most of the clients that I work with. They're looking to use email to get more sales. <clears throat> email is also a great opportunity to engage with customers so um i don't know if you know this <laughs> yeah and these are all great goals to have um so there's a difference between someone opting into your mailing list versus being opt-in to a transactional email so a transactional email is if someone buys something from you them getting an order confirmation and a shipment confirmation and a delivery confirmation, those are all transactional. And just because someone has interacted with you from a transactional standpoint, that does not give you the freedom to add them to your email newsletter. Um, so when you are thinking about your goals, think about how you can bring those transactional customers into your everyday newsletter. Um, so that's something to think about as well. This is a great opportunity to grow your clients or just grow um, uh, more people who may be interested in your business down the line by sending newsletters, especially when it comes to content. Like I mentioned, if you're a hairdresser, you know, this is a perfect time to show people how to at least keep up with their hair during this time until we're able to get back out there. Um, so this is just a great opportunity for content marketing and of course selling more products especially if you're a product-based business you can email people about sales you have going on um, some people may offer special sales and discounts to their loyal customers or um, people who are on your mailing list but they've never purchased from you before this is a great opportunity to get them engaged as well <clears throat> so once you know what your goal is with email, um, you should think about picking an email platform that um, can really help you reach that goal. So these are some of the common ones. I mentioned uh, MailChimp is something that I use. I have, um, I've had clients who use ConvertKit, Constant Contact, um, Clavio is another one. So if, if your goal is more um, sales and you're thinking about sales funnels, I would say ConvertKit or Clavio has a lot more capability with building out those funnels and, you know, putting different triggers and things um, that's a lot more simple to look at. MailChimp is a little more complicated. Um, just because when you build out automations and drips in MailChimp, um, I don't think that they're user-friendly from that standpoint. Now, regular campaigns and building out just a basic email or a basic welcome series, like they're really good with that, but setting up different triggers for automations, they can be a little tricky. Um, so think about that as well down the line. What are your goals and which of these email platforms work well for you? Um, I did mention with MailChimp though, it is free. Um, some of the other ones are free up to a certain point, but think about that too. If you're gonna be the person maintaining email, and if you think that it's gonna take you, you know, a couple months, a year to really learn how to use it, learn how to navigate it, then it may be best to start with, the, uh, with a free platform so you're not spending money on something that you're not using consistently or you're still trying to learn. Any questions about platforms? Oh, those are some of the some of the well-known ones. Um, so thinking about your from now, this um, is a factor on whether you'll make it to someone's inbox or to their spam. So um, originally, Mailchimp would not allow you to send 
an email from like an at gmail.com or at yahoo.com and you had to have a domain but I think they allow you to do that now however keep in mind that when someone gets an email I'm sure we all before we open it look and see who it's from if it's from your boss, you may open it really quick just to like, you know, make sure you're not missing anything. If it's a sale email, you know, you may tuck it away and say, oh, I'll check that later. Um, so this is going to let someone know right off the bat, is this somebody that I know? Did I give this person my email? So <clears throat> I used to put the name, I used to put TJE Communications. Um, but I changed that to just my name um, because that has helped me um, increase my deliverability, which basically means less likely for me to land in someone's spam with it being a name versus a business. Now, if you are um, not the face of your business, then you know maybe you just want to put your company name. So think about that as well. What can you do here? to make it something that's recognizable for for someone who's going to be receiving your emails and I saw the chat let me open it <clears throat> yeah so that's why I changed it to Tanisha just so if you see it they'll know like oh okay I know who that is um you know maybe down the line I'll change it back if you know as I grow and add more people to the team but I really like the emails to look and feel as if they are coming from me. So the email is an opportunity for me to just connect with the people on the mailing list. And I try to make it feel like I'm actually speaking to them, which is why I changed it to my name. Um, so yeah, so think about that. Who is the email going to come from? I also think that you should go ahead and if you don't have a website yet or if you don't have a domain yet to get one so that you can send the email from your business email address just to start getting into the habit of that. It also looks more professional when you're trying to send email campaigns and it's not coming from like my Tanisha English at gmail.com like it's coming from a business um, and that is just from a branding standpoint you can do what you like but I think from a branding standpoint you should just go ahead and get that domain uh, buying a domain costs like 10 12 dollars a year and then I pay I think it's like five dollars or something like that a month through gmail to host my info at tjecommunications.com and then another $5 for like my personal business email, which is tje at tjecommunications. So it's super inexpensive to just go ahead and do that to have a professional look when people are um, getting emails from you. <clears throat> so next thing you want to do is build out those lists. So hopefully you already have a a form or a landing page like we talked about yesterday to give people an opportunity to opt in. You can also add this form to your Facebook business page, which makes it a lot easier for people to find that sign up and sign up for your email campaigns. You should also, if you are going to be working in the vending tables at events, this is a great opportunity for you to set up an iPad or set up your laptop and try to capture emails that way for people to start getting on that list. Think about people who have purchased from you. So again, like I mentioned, you have those transactional emails, which are people who've made a purchase, but they have not opted in to receiving any newsletter or anything like that from you. Use your email marketing as a way to let them know, hey, thank you for your order. Um, if you're interested in you know, having the inside scoop on future sales or promotions, sign up for our mailing list. That's a great way for you to capture those people. I also put a sign up link in my email signature for my business. So that's another great way to capture emails and grow your list. Um, and then lastly, another opportunity to grow your email list is through social media posts. So letting people know that you have a mailing list, posting the link and giving them the opportunity to sign up for that list. Um, and I mentioned the reason why I use the landing page is because on Instagram, 
I can only have one link in my bio. So setting up a landing page allows me to capture emails, promote any events, um, give people a link to the blog or give people a link to sign up for that 15 minute business consultation. I can just do um, a bunch of things on one page without having to constantly switch out that link and hope people know where to go. But we know that people are lazy. So making it as simple as possible is the best way to go. Any questions about building your list? Have you, um, for anyone who already has a list, how did you get those emails? Was it, did you find it difficult? What tactics did you take to get those? <clears throat> Yep, Eventbrite is good. And Eventbrite, um, you can incorporate or integrate into MailChimp, which is nice. Um, yeah, sign up for my vending events. And even if you don't, you know, at vending events, if you don't have um, like a, a second laptop or sometimes I'll try to take my laptop and my iPad. Um, but, you know, if one's dead or something, it's okay to, you know, get a get a piece of paper um, you know, get your logo printed on it and make sure that it's nice and professional and set those out at events too and get signups that way. Um, so that's a good way to do it. <clears throat> yep, that's great. And sometimes um, I've had where if I am a vendor or a sponsor of, of an event that that sponsor or whoever's actually putting together the event will give certain sponsors access to their mailing list. So that could be an opportunity, you know, let's say someone reaches out to you and asks you to speak at their event or asks you to sponsor, you know, ask them like, okay, well, if I'm doing this for free, um, is there any way that I can get access to your mailing list? And Again, you don't want to email people who don't want to hear from you, but you could at least say, hey, I had a great time, you know, speaking to you at the Respect the Hustle conference. If you want more information about my speech that I did today or the topic that I talked about, here you go. Um, so that could be a way to get people to just to like kind of give and take when you're doing some of those free things. Yeah, so that's a cool way to get emails too. It's like having like a like a fish tank or like a bowl type of thing where you collect people's business cards and then you could always phrase it as, yeah, I'm going to pick one person to give, you know, a free consultation to or a free body scrub or something. And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, and they'll drop their card in there and then you can at the end of that event, collect those and add them to your system. Um, but then again, you know, with doing that, just to avoid people marking you as spam, just make sure you at least initially send a, you know, thank you for, you know, stopping by my table at the Respect the Hustle conference. Here's how you can join my mailing list to stay up to date on all the things I have going on or promos and sales. Just to give them that opportunity to say yes or say no. And then if they, you know, don't opt in, that's fine. You have their their email still. So you could always, you know, maybe if you speak at an event once a month, if you met them at an event, say, hey, I saw you at this event last month. This month I'm going to be at such and such and try to, you know, bring them in that way. <clears throat> Is it a way to send out a casting call um, to try to get emails from a particular group? What do you mean by that? So like, are you trying to get, like, if somebody has a group and you're trying to get emails from the people within that group? Is that what you mean? <clears throat> okay, so you can probably do that how how I set up um, the landing page for the challenge is, you know, if you're putting out a casting call for artists, um, 
you can say, you know, you can put on the form that if they, you know, let's say you're hosting like a poetry night, I don't know. And you want to say, hey, can you, you know, submit yourself for this particular poetry night? Um, if you want to stay in the loop about future opportunities, click here. So then you'll know that they do want information about the actual event that you're trying to get them on. But then you've already got their permission to email them about future events. Um, so that's a way to do it. You can purchase email lists. However, I think I have a slide about that. I, I do not recommend doing that. Um, because a lot of times those now it depends on who you're getting it from first of all so if you know i personally would never sell my email list i would never do that because the this is people's personal information like getting an email is like getting someone's phone number so i wouldn't sell that list but you there are definitely um people out there who will the only downside to that is you know if you buy an email list, there's no guarantee that the emails are legit on that list. There's no guarantee that those emails are active. Um, and you, they can tell you, oh yeah, the, this is a list of people who are interested in music, but you don't necessarily know if that's true or not because you're buying it from a third party. Um, and people are more likely to unsubscribe if they know that they didn't sign up for your list. They may stay on the other person's list who sold it to you, but they might mark you as spam. Like, who is this person? I did not sign up for this. Um, or they may just, you know, unsubscribe. So the best way to build your list is to do it as authentic as possible from the beginning to make sure that the people who are on it want to be there and they came in um, organically versus something that you bought because those things can get kind of sketchy. <clears throat> yeah right where they text you and stuff all the time right yeah but i mean you know i i've had people pay me to send out a particular communication about their event or something that they have going on and then send it to my mailing list and then at the end of that i can send them um, a report to say, okay, well, these many people opened the email and these many people clicked on the link that you provided to me so that they can have an idea of that. Um, so I've done that before, but I've never actually given someone access to my list. So there may be people out there who um, will essentially sell you an advertising spot in their emails to get in front of their list. So that could be a great way to go about it, but just make sure that you ask them for a report following that just to make sure that they actually included the information that you paid to have included in there. And then um, when they give you that report, you can decide if it was worth it or not. If you had, you know, a decent amount of clicks or opens, um, you can, you know, then determine if, if it's worth it. I actually did that for, for the Respect the Hustle conference. I reached out to like Columbus Young Professionals, Columbus Urban League of Young Professionals and different like network professional networking groups for young um, business owners and entrepreneurs. And I sent them a special code so that their members could get like, you know, whatever, maybe it was like $30 or $40 off their ticket for their members, like it was a custom graphic for them with a special custom code for them. Um, and then in return, I let um, all those companies either come to the event and have a table at the conference, um, or they gave me information to put in the swag bags for the conference. Um, and then that was a great trade-off. So I can get my information about you know, what, what I'm trying to do in front of their audience. And then I'm going to give them in return a seat at the table. And it was a win-win for all of us. So there are definitely people who are willing to do that. And I think that would definitely be like a better route to go. Any other questions about building lists? <clears throat> cool. 
Okay, so planning. So when you're planning out your emails and actually, you know, putting it all together, you want to think about um, crafting the right subject line um, using pre-header text. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but I'll go through it. Um, using clean imagery, being mindful of the fonts that you're using, picking the best times to send, and then of course planning ahead. Okay, let's see. Would you suggest building a list through? Yeah, so text marketing um, has started to grow a lot. Um, that's a great way to go about it. Now, there are systems. I think Clavio is one of them. Um, I know Entreport is another system, but there are some email systems that have built-in um, text message systems as well so that you can send out email communication and SMS communication. Uh, now, of course, um, your like, so when I worked at Justice, um, I was in charge of building our text message um, communication with like our different sales and promotions and stuff. So you have like limited characters because you wanna make sure that the message will fit for iPhone users and Android users. Um, but yeah, I, I highly recommend doing text if that's something that you want to get into. It's becoming really popular. I know Fashion Nova does it. I had to like unsubscribe though because I feel like they text you like every other day, which is annoying. So just finding the right cadence, <laughs> yeah, finding the right cadence for text. Um, I would say, you know, maybe once a week is good or even I think at Justice, we only did twice a month. Um, so yeah. Text is great, and I think um, if you can find a platform that has email and text built in, that's great. But if you find an email platform you like and a text platform that you like, um, I say go for it. Yeah, I think that's really good. A lot of like celebrities are doing like the texting stuff now. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, um, he's a marketing entrepreneur guy who I really like. He has a text message club. And he's super popular, so he has like millions of people on it. So he even built out, yes, I love Gary too. <laughs> so he built out where you can decide what type of text you want to get from him. So he has a wine club. So if you only care about the wine club, you can only get wine club text. If you like his inspirational stuff or his business stuff, you, people can decide what they want to get from you. Same way with email, how people opt into the different groups. So definitely do that for text too. Um, with Gary, I just, I just get them all because he's very good about like, um, Gary Vaynerchuk. So he's Gary V-E-E -E on, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, Gary V. Um, he's great. <clears throat> so yeah, give people the opportunity to decide like what type of text they want to get from you. But I think it's a really good idea. A lot of people are doing it. Um, cool. So let's talk about subject line. So the subject line is going to be the first thing that someone sees when your email comes through. So this is the most important part of your email. The subject line is gonna let people know what they can expect when they open it. Um, the subject line should also match with the content of the actual email. It should be short and sweet and to the point and definitely take a chill on those emojis because they can land you into the spam folder if, um, gmail or outlook or whoever feels that it might be a little spammy so keep that in mind and i definitely want to double back to make sure that the subject line matches up with the content so you don't want to send someone a, a, an email and the subject line says hey you're a winner and they're thinking they won something but they actually didn't I know a lot of people do that as a way to um, kind of bait people into opening their emails Another thing I noticed that people do to bait people is they'll put like, I don't know how can I, I can explain it, but I'll put um, like what I just put in the chat. They'll put like a re something to make it look like they're replying to something that you said when you don't even know that person. I've had that happen to me so many times and I think it's like super shady. Um, so please don't do that um, because that's going to, heightened chances that if enough people 
mark you as spam through email. Um, I've actually had it happen to clients before. MailChimp and other you know type of platforms will block your domain from sending and you'll have to do something called a reconfirmation campaign where you have to basically reconfirm with your mailing list that the people want to be on it and you have to get like a certain amount of people to like reconfirm their email um, and if they don't then you'll stay blocked if they do they'll unblock you kind of like with a warning um so yeah we definitely don't want to get our 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 uh, domain names blocked or anything like that so an example here just to compare these different subject lines so the first one is it's my anniversary short and sweet cool um the second one i was clearly super excited um but something like that just it doesn't look professional um i probably could have ended up in a spam folder because it's just in all caps and all these emojis and you know these servers like Google and Yahoo and all those all those uh, email platforms they're the way they have those things set up those bots are actually really smart um, they they can read you know and determine like this looks spammy okay this looks okay and kind of put things where they need to go they're not always right however their job at the end of the day is to protect the recipient so you you know if I did use the second subject line even though it's not spam like the content would have been legit content Gmail's job is to make sure that they are protecting their users so they're not going to let something like that necessarily bypass especially if it's the first time that I'm emailing someone um, so please keep that in mind as well as you're growing these lists pre-header text so let's say you completely botch the subject line the person um, doesn't want to open the email or they get the email and they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to open this, whatever. This is your second opportunity to convince this person that they should open the email. So this is a teaser into the content. Um, if you don't determine what your preheader text is, then Gmail or Yahoo or, or whoever will determine what that is for you. You should also test this on different platforms for word count to make sure that it fits properly, which I'll show you. And most importantly, again, you just don't want to lie here. You don't want you don't want to make it seem like someone is winning something or getting something that's not accurate. <clears throat> so an example of preheader text. So this first one right here is open this email to stay on my list. Now, the, that's the subject line. The pre-header text is and a really good reason why you'll want to. So this gives you a chance to kind of expand further on what that subject line is. Um, so here we have, you know, PayPal saying your order has shipped, plain and simple. <laughs> and then it says PayPal, getting paid just got easier. That is their pre-header text. So everything else came from the rest of that email. So let's say you don't have a preheader text, um, which a great example of that is um, this one right here. Learn more about the venture capital and funding scene in Central Ohio. You can tell that they, they don't have a preheader text here. So the preview that I'm seeing is just an immediate jump into the first piece of that email. So give yourself the opportunity to have that second chance to allow someone to open your email by filling out that preheader text. Um, if if you're using MailChimp or Clavio or, or whoever, they'll have a field for that as you're building through the email. You'll put who it's going to, who it's coming from, and then you'll be able to put that subject line and preheader. And just be mindful of the length. Um, Cause as you can see, even that last one, if they did have a preheader text, it probably wouldn't have fit. And this was a view on my um, on my desktop. So if this was on my phone, it probably would have cut off like here anyway. Um, this one from Twitter was super long too. But if you're going to have a long subject line, at least they have had a short preheader text. So just keep that in mind. Um, I know MailChimp will give you like a word count. 
So just be mindful and make sure you're sending test campaigns to yourself or whoever you're working with. Checking that email on your phone and your computer just to make sure things are fitting properly. Any questions about preheader text? <clears throat> All right, clean imagery. Um, avoid using pixelated images or images that look distorted in the email. So um, again, the imagery should also match back to the content. If you're sending me an email about, you know, dog food, then cats should not be in my email, right? Um, you also want to make sure you own the rights to use the photos. And if you don't, at least give credit to the owner. Um, I mean, you never know. Your email could get forwarded over to a photographer who actually took the photos, who didn't give you permission to use them and there could be some legal drama there. So just try to only use photos you have the permission to use. Um, Canva, of course, you know, they have some free stock images. Um, there's a lot of stock image websites. So use one of those and make sure you are using them properly. So I know like Shutterstock, depending on the image, they have different rules about how those images can be used. So make sure you're reading that kind of stuff as well. And then also make sure your images look professional. So just as you would want to make sure you have nice, clean pictures for your social media, it should be the same with email because if someone opens that email and things are looking a little shaky, it may turn them off from opening emails in the future. So two examples here. Uh, as you can see, these pictures are super old from when my grown child was just a little baby. Um... But this one over here, um, I forgot what this, oh, this is from a company like Christmas party, <clears throat> like a photo booth or something. So I love these two pictures. Um, this is totally fine for my personal social media, but it's not like a super professional photo for an email campaign or an ad or something like that. It's just me taking a picture of a picture on my phone. Whereas, um, thank you, whereas the one on the right um, was a professional photos that we got taken when she was turning one. So this is clean, it's pretty, you know, it has a nice edit to it. Like that's something that could definitely be used for like an ad or an email campaign or whatever. So just keep that in mind that you're always portraying your brand or business as professional as possible, even if it's just photos of you and your kid. Like, this is totally fine over here for just my regular Facebook page, but for business, you know, just try to clean it up a little bit. Um, and like I mentioned, if you don't have access to photos or a photographer um, or a tripod, that's where a lot of my pictures come from. I have to set up my tripod and take my own pictures. Um, or I'm working with spare time footage for those things. But if they're busy, then I have to, you know, do my own thing. So um, try to utilize some of those stock websites. <clears throat> Avoiding eyesore fonts. So just like your images, you want your fonts to be clean and professional as well. So picking fonts that are pleasing to the eye, not too hard to read like you don't want to put a hot pink uh, font over a yellow background you want to make sure that no matter someone's um age or eyesight if they wear glasses or not or whatever that it's going to be nice and clean for them to read um so an example of some different fonts here um I'm sure we can tell right off the bat which one of these is the least professional. Um, and, you know, some of these fonts can be a little difficult to read in the way that they even draw the letters, like the J here. Um, so this says TJE, but it kind of looks like it says THE in all caps or TH or something. Um, so just keep that in mind to, to keep your fonts as clean and professional as possible because we always want to make sure that our branding is on point no matter where we are from the website to social to email to your vendor table at an event. We want everything to be nice and clean. Now, if I was Disney, 
this last font kind of reminds me of like Mickey Mouse. So like this would make sense. So again, it's all about the branding of your business. So if this, um, I don't even remember what this font is called, but it reminds me of like Comic Sans or something. If this goes with your branding, then use it. Totally fine. Um, but for me, being a marketing email agency, like this doesn't make sense for me. Um, this first one at the top, which I think is like Helvetica or something, works better. So keep that in mind as well with your email campaigns. Any questions about fonts? Okay. <clears throat> so thinking about the best send times for email. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but over time, you will start to understand your mailing list and you'll already know the best times to send them. Um, but like with MailChimp um, and a couple other platforms, they can optimize this for you. But in the beginning, um, if you're not using one of those platforms just yet, try to think about who your target audience is. So we talked about my homegirl, Megan. And for her, sending an email in the late night works best because she is a full-time business owner with a team that she's managing. She has a husband and a family. She has two kids. She has friends. She, you know, I got to catch her when I can. And I got to make sure the emails are built out in a way that she can just skim and keep it pushing. And she doesn't need to take too much time trying to, like, decipher an email. So emailing her in the late night works for me, or if I send it to her in the early morning because she's a mom, then that works. So think about your customer, who they are, what are their hobbies, are they married, are they not married, are they in school, like what's their deal, and then determine the best time to send off those emails. Um, I might have mentioned this as well, but you can do some A-B tests. So maybe I want to see... If I send an early morning email and a late night email, which of those will Megan um, most likely answer? And not only like, open, but is she going to be more likely to engage in the email by clicking links or doing other things if it's in the morning versus at night? That's something that you can test out too. Um, so these don't have to be set in stone over time. As your list grows, this will look a lot different. So <clears throat> I have a client who has a really big email list, but they have people broken out into different groups. So, you know, some people in one group, like this group's send time might be 10 a.m. on Wednesday, whereas group B, they work better if you send it to them at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. So, you know, you can split those up too. You just want to make sure you're trying to get the most engagement uh, out of your list. Any questions about times and times? Let me make sure I got the chat open. <clears throat> okay, cool. So planning, you know, is my thing to talk about. I'll keep it short because I could probably uh, talk about planning content forever. Um, but this is going to be key to really drilling down that email campaign and getting that consistency um, and getting your strategy going. So think about from the beginning of this, we talked about what is your email goal? Is it, um, is it going to be customer, you know, revenue, generating more revenue? Then you want to make sure that if you're a product-based business, you want to be emailing people at the first of the month because most of the time somebody probably got paid. Emailing them on Fridays and Saturdays or even Sunday is like a really big um, e-commerce shopping day for a lot of people. People are, you know, bored on a Sunday afternoon getting all the sales. So think about what your goals are and then understand different customer behaviors to determine how you should think about your content. Um, and then just having a plan for overall themes. So my tip of the month has a theme. So the templates are already built out. I essentially just go grab a template, put in the new information, and then I'm done. So if you send like a Monday motivation, a woman crush Wednesday and a promo on Friday, then having all of those things already kind of planned out will make it a lot easier for you to start building that content. 
And of course, we know that content is important because this is will determine if somebody's going to come back to your emails. So if my tips of the month have like information that is redundant or um, just not good, then people aren't going to care and they're not going to want to open my tips of the month. So I have to make sure that I'm on top of industry trends and changes um, and that I'm ready to adapt if things happen, which it has happened before where I'll have a tip all planned out, but then Facebook will make a weird change or Instagram will have a new feature and now I need to pivot and talk about that thing. So whatever your industry is, making sure you're on those trends um, and that you're ready to pivot and that you also have a clear understanding before sending out an email. So if you don't understand email marketing, don't send an email telling your email or telling your audience why they should use email marketing because you're going to have to elaborate um, and you're not going to know what you're talking about. So I'm not going to send an email about hair um, because I don't know anything about hair minus, you know, what I can do for myself. So think about that as well. Um, so this is an example from, I think I told you guys about that, unroll.me, um, where you can just log into your email and just quickly unsubscribe from a bunch of stuff. So they'll prompt you and say, hey, you know, you haven't opened an email from this person in a long time. Do you want to stay on this list? Do you want to unsubscribe? Even if someone hasn't opened my emails in a long time, maybe they'll click no thanks because they know that usually I do have pretty good content and maybe they've just been busy in the last month. Um, but a lot of people actually saw somebody posting about unroll.me on my Facebook timeline yesterday. Um, she was like, hey, you know, we're all at home. It's the perfect time to go through and unsubscribe from those email lists that you're all on. And everyone was talking about all the different platforms there are out there to quickly unsubscribe from these lists. So making sure your content is on point will make it less likely for people to unsubscribe. Because um, we talked about yesterday, you know, the number one reason why people unsubscribe from emails, no matter if they're a millennial or an older person, is because they got too many emails with irrelevant information. So build out those segments, those groups, and make sure you're only emailing people the type of information that they want to receive. So some things that you should not do, you don't want to email non-subscribers. So for the 25, 27 people who signed up for this content challenge, they may or may not already be on my Tanisha's Tip of the Month list. But I'm not going to email this list of people anything outside of this challenge because they did not sign up for my tip of the month. They sign up to get information about this challenge. So just don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't email people who unsubscribe from your list. I'm not sure about the other platforms, but I do know that if someone unsubscribes from your mailing list, MailChimp will go ahead and remove them from your list for you. So if they unsubscribe, you don't have to do anything. Um, they also will not let you add back an email that unsubscribe. So if I unsubscribe from your list, you can't add me back. I would have to go through your sign up form and opt in to getting your email. So at least with MailChimp, I know for sure that you're in the clear about emailing people who unsubscribe. You don't have to worry about that. But any other platform, I'm not 100% sure of how they do that. Some people, instead of investing in an email marketing tool, they'll just like use their Gmail and just blind copy like 200 people. Um, one, MailChimp, or not MailChimp, Gmail, they'll, they'll cap you at a certain point. They may cap you at like 25 to 50 people I'm not quite sure so you can't do that and secondly it's just not a good idea because we want to see those email reports we want to know how many people are opening how many people are clicking we want to look at the click map to see are people clicking the first picture but not the second like all that data you're not going to get that from just blind copying a bunch of people so using a platform is definitely the way to go and then I kind of talked about this already, but I highly recommend that you do not buy lists 
unless you are getting it from a credible source. So if it's a friend of yours who has a business and maybe they're closing their business, so you want to buy their list um, to solicit to them. I know from working at Justice, um, I'm, I know when Claire's went out of business, there was a big push to try to see if we could target those people to, you know, especially with ear piercing, because I feel like most of us probably got our ears pierced at Claire's or someplace at the mall. So when they closed and Justice started offering ear piercing, that was an opportunity for them to try to engage with those people. So sure, if you're buying a list and you know that it's going to be credible, that makes sense. But if it's not, or you don't know where it's coming from, then definitely do not do that. Okay. Any questions about this? About the email knows? All right. What time is it? It is right on time. 2.54. Any questions about building the email at all, feel free to drop them in the chat or unmute yourself. Let me make sure I have the chat open. All right, well, if you don't have any questions, then I definitely want to thank you all for hopping into this content challenge. I know some of you have been working while doing the challenge and kind of been in and out, and it's just like a testament to how um, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we just always have to stay on our toes and stay on the go. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this was because, you know, I saw so many people trying to get people to buy stuff and sign up for this challenge and this thing and this, that. And I felt like it was kind of shady. Like, you know, we're all going through shit right now. Like, why are you trying to get somebody to sign up for your like $300 thing when some people don't even have jobs? So... All the stuff that I did this week um, were things that I've talked about. Like I've done, I've spoken at different stuff or someone, you know, has asked me to come in and teach a thing. Super insensitive, yes. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm already sitting on this stuff. Like I'm not doing anything with it. It wouldn't hurt me to just share it. So that's why I decided to do the challenge. Um, I was actually talking to Nicole yesterday because I know that we're like on lockdown or whatever until um, like April 6th. So I was going through and I found like four more webinars that I could probably do. I'm just trying to figure out like, should I do five days? Was this a lie? Was this too much? I don't know. Um, but I found a really cool one. If anyone has a nonprofit or knows someone who has a nonprofit, um, I did... Um, a thing for a group it was for Ohio Groundwork which is like a, a collective of nonprofits and I did like a social media for nonprofits so I'm gonna uh, put that up I think it's gonna be Wednesday because I have so much stuff to do on Monday um, but it'll be Wednesday from 2 to 3 if you have a nonprofit or know someone that does I'm gonna create the event, and, the event on Facebook and send out an email but um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out like if I should do, you know, maybe next week I'll do two emails or two, you know, webinars and kind of see if we're really going to be stuck or not and go from there. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely send all of you guys the information. I hope you found this really helpful. Um, I know it could feel like a lot if you know if you're not doing any email or anything or social or whatever but I mean right now you know we got the time so this is a great time for you to just try to go at it I put my um my link I have a, a Calendly if you it's just tjecommunications.com slash connect and the Calendly pops up and um yeah definitely do that so we can chat and everything Okay, so yeah, I need to go through and see. I know I have a lot more um, email marketing things that I could pull from too. And then I don't know if you guys know Sierra Thomas of Touche Financial Solutions, um, but me and her were planning on doing a boot camp in May. So depending on how things go, um, 
we may be moving that virtually um so i'll keep you guys posted on that too um but i was really excited for that so pretty much the boot camp was for people who are working full-time or who have a hustle and me and her are going to talk about you know how to take your hustle full-time so money even growing up like money just always made me uncomfortable i don't like to think about money i don't like to ask for money when i first started the business like if i had a price if somebody was like oh well i can't pay that i can pay this i would be like oh, okay well all right and just take it but um she really helped me just really understand like business and revenue and asking for your worth so the boot camp is for us to give people the tools that they need before they quit their job. And this may be a good opportunity um, for us to do that now because so many people have either lost jobs or they realize that their jobs were trash because they're being treated like trash. Like I have a friend who's still working right now and her boss was pretty much just like, oh, well, we have hand sanitizer whatever and like she's literally working like in the office like not from home so lots of craziness but yes yeah, so i'll definitely be doing that um <clears throat> oh yeah that could be a good one i'm gonna write that down yes so that's been something for me as well just like you know tracking my time and making sure because it's it's easy too if you're full-time already like especially if you already were working from home sometimes to end up working like I feel like this week a couple times I worked like 10 or 12 hours but it's like it's easy to do that when you work for yourself um okay and getting the business structure weekly yes I can definitely do podcast that's a good one that's an easy one i could do that yeah okay girl well look you don't gotta put me on blast okay don't come for me i'm trying i'm working on me okay today i'm gonna stop at what's okay i was about to say four i'm lying it's already three Maybe like six. I'll stop at six. All right. Well, I'll send the recap email to everyone. Um, all these ideas are great. I mean, if we're going to be home, why not, right? Um, but of course, if you guys need me, um, you can. I'll put my email in here too. So you can email me. Um, and then, of course, you can do the Calendly um, so that we can chat and yeah i hope you guys have a good weekend don't work too hard um I'll, I'll take my own advice i promise um so yeah thank you I need to figure out the boot camp stuff because if we do it online, um, then like some stuff, like we may be able to reconfigure like for the pricing of it. Um, but it is going to be like two hours. So, um, me and her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll definitely keep you posted then, um, for that. But we, yeah, even if we do it in online or in person, you can still join us um, online and I can just like set up my computer and stuff for you to be in the room with us. And then, so we're putting together like actual workbooks. Like I have sheets on my part. She has sheets on her part. And then we're actually like getting three ring binders and putting it together so people can work through the stuff so we'll definitely make sure that we can mail you one too yeah yep no problem all right ladies well i think i might take like a 
I'll take a 10-minute break. <laughs> but if you need me, uh, you know where to find me. See ya. Oh, wait, I'm still recording for the podcast. Hey, guys, see ya. The Respect the Hustle podcast is brought to you by TJE Communications, a digital marketing and public relations agency with the mission to empower and educate small women-owned businesses by equipping them with the digital solutions to level the playing field between themselves and large corporations.